It's supposed to be fun. One of my colleagues was watching football Monday night. He says it was the scariest thing he's seen on live television. He just couldn't believe it. Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, collapsed after a hit. Have you seen that video? DeMar Hamlin tackled the Cincinnati Bengals receiver in the first quarter. He stood up, became woozy, and collapsed on his back. Staff administered CPR on Hamlin for nine minutes before he left the stadium in an ambulance. Both teams came out of the field, many players in tears. A group knelt to pray. The game was called soon after, and the shock waves of what we saw reverberated throughout the NFL. And then good news. On Thursday, the young man was awake and holding his family's hands. Still a long road ahead. It's a reminder. We aren't guaranteed another day on this earth. Are you trusting in Jesus for the life to come? Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're wrapping up a series today called A New Year with Spurgeon. What are we supposed to do when we feel sad? The holidays are over. Family, if we had them with us, they've gone, or maybe some never came. The silence and the loneliness sets in. Sadness at the heart of the year is not uncommon. The emotional heights we experienced in the Christmas holiday can sometimes give way to a new low as we think about our life, our friends, our family, and the solitude we now find ourselves in. All this week, we've been spending time with the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon. He reached hundreds of thousands upon hundreds of thousands with the gospel through his preaching and writing in the late 19th century. He pastored in London. He was well known for his humor and his boisterous style. But there was that other side to Spurgeon. It was a sad side. Yesterday, we thought about how this melancholy, as he called it, began. The great tragedy when someone yelled fire when he was preaching to 10,000 people. Several died in the stampede. It nearly drove him insane until the Lord ministered to him through the Bible. And that's what we're going to think about today. Where can we turn when we are sad? Charles Spurgeon struggled with that question throughout his life, and he always came back to one answer, Christ. And later in the program, we'll also hear another reading from Spurgeon's morning and evening devotional that will take us to Christ as well. Morning, Christian. Why do you weep? Are you mourning over your own corruptions? Look to your perfect Lord, and remember, you are complete in Him. Based on 2 Corinthians 5.21, a brief excerpt from the April 4th morning reading from Spurgeon's much-beloved morning and evening devotional. And this is what I really appreciate about this devotional. It's rooted in Scripture, and it always leads us to Jesus. And that's something we all need more in this new year. One page for the morning, one page for the evening, and we have morning and evening for you in a special edition with a gold-stamped binding and easy-to-read typesetting. And I really like how they have gently adapted Spurgeon's language for those of us reading today. I'd like to share this with you after the program when you make your first gift of the year to Haven Ministries. 
You can call us then at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or visit us on our website. You can make your gift there at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you're still looking for a new calendar for 2023, I have just the suggestion. Get in touch with us and ask for the All Living Things calendar. Brilliant pictures of animals, great and small. And every month, there is a scripture to remind you of our glorious creator. My calendar is already on my refrigerator, and my wife and I are enjoying it every day. And now let's open the program with a song by Jeremy Camp, The Answer. So many questions, the world is reaching, so many hurting, so many lost. With all this striving, who can we sees our sadness, he feels our sorrow, and in our weakness, he is strong. Jeremy Camp opening this haven today and the answer, a program we're calling a new year with Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon, in public, seemed to be a jovial man. 
He was charismatic. He was extroverted. He liked people. People liked him. But he was a human saved by grace who struggled at times. Yesterday, we talked about the great tragedy and how it affected his mental health. And I think it's worth mentioning again, it happened early in his ministry, and Spurgeon was already getting a large crowd for his sermons. In fact, so many people were attending his services, they decided to build a new church tabernacle with 5,000 seats. But while that was being built, they met at the music hall in Surrey Gardens because the crowds had grown so large. It was there, with well over 10,000 people, that somebody yelled fire. The stampede that ensued was nothing short of chaos. It left seven people dead in the music hall and another 28 injured badly. Spurgeon nearly left the ministry altogether, and if it weren't for the calling of the Lord upon his life, he would have. But from that moment on, Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, battled with depression and spiritual anxiety. It changed the way he preached. He spoke about sadness more often. He constantly reminded his people that the Lord walks with them through their sad times. People study his sermons to see how to preach Christ from all of Scripture, but you can also study his sermons to see how he found hope in the darkness and how he helped people see Christ's joy in the sadness. I spoke with Zach Heswine, a pastor and a seminary professor in St. Louis, and we talked about Spurgeon's sadness. We also talked about how Spurgeon's sermons helped him with his own depression and what we can learn from our own sadness. There has to be a reason why you started studying. I mean, everybody reads about Charles Spurgeon, especially if they're studying for the ministry. Why the interest? Why the personal interest in his depression? Well, I originally was studying him uh, from the vantage point of preaching. I was I was doing doctoral work on um, the role of the Holy Spirit as he saw it when he preached. And so I was reading, you know, hundreds of his sermons, and I began to notice how often he talked about sadness or depression or sorrow and how transparent he was from the pulpit. Uh, and I just, mm-hmm. as a person, you know, myself who struggle, who has uh, struggled with and encountered and had to work through uh, depression and anxiety, you know, I was drawn to him in a pastoral way. He, this was somebody, even though he was a Baptist in the 19th century in England, you know, he's, he's kind of ahead of his time, really. Uh, and I began to realize not only his great compassion for those who were depressed, but his own transparency about his own depression. And mm. uh, began to gradually learn that actually he had this whole ministry uh, to people who were depressed and his empathy and compassion for them was profound and felt. And he was eager to comfort those who felt the, the deep pain of what he called mental sorrow. And he described mental sorrow, that is depression, uh, he described that as uh, one of the most miserable of pains that anyone could, could experience in this life. He said that physical pain is uh, profound in its agony, but uh, the worst kind of pain is the hidden kind the hidden kind in the soul uh, from depression. 
So he was a person who I began to discover could minister to me, but also help me as a pastor minister to others. Dr. Zach Hesswein, the author of Spurgeon's Sorrows, sharing with us why Spurgeon became so special to him personally and how Spurgeon's own struggles with depression can help you and me find hope in our sadness. We live in a sad world, wouldn't you say? Sadness is everywhere you look. It's on the news, of course, and it's in the faces of many people we meet. And I don't think it's just because people don't believe in Jesus. I know many, many Christians who battle depression. Sadness strikes my heart, too, sometimes. We all struggle. It's part of living in our world that's marked by sin. One of my former colleagues used to say before he died, you pass nine out of ten people on the street, they're battling something, and the tenth, you just haven't heard their story yet. We all struggle. And in the midst of our struggling, we can find joy just where Spurgeon found it, at the feet and in the face of Jesus. The joy that comes with knowing you are known, with knowing you are loved, forgiven, welcomed into the Lord's family. It doesn't wipe the tears away, but it helps us see through those tears to that coming day when pain will be no more. When we look at Christ, we see his passion. I don't just mean the passion of the Christ, his death on a cross for the salvation of his people. I mean his love for us, his deep passion for his people. The Apostle Paul said in the book of Ephesians that God had a great love with which he loved us. A great love. That's what Christ has for us. Great love and great passion. And there is a difference, isn't there, between loving someone because you have to and having love for someone because you can't help not loving them. Christ's passion is more like the second He is passionate about his people, passionate about us. His passion is what led him to die for us, to stand in for us when we were too weak to save ourselves. His passion brought us salvation. And so we can look to him in the midst of our sadness and rejoice, even when we cry, because we know we have a Savior who has a great love for us. As we walk with him, At the beginning of this new year, we can walk with him in his word. I want us to hear Ted Staunton read for us an entry from Charles Spurgeon's morning and evening devotional, and it takes as a verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 521. Morning, Christian, why do you weep? Are you mourning over your own corruptions? Look to your perfect Lord, and remember, you are complete in Him. You are, in God's sight, as perfect as if you had never sinned. No, more than that, the Lord, our righteousness, has put a divine garment upon you so that you have more than the righteousness of man. You have the righteousness of God. Oh, you who are mourning by reason of inbred sin and depravity, remember, none of your sins can condemn you. 
You have learned to hate sin, but you have learned also to know that sin is not yours. It was laid upon Christ's head. Your standing is not in yourself, it is in Christ. Your acceptance is not in yourself, but in your Lord. You are as much accepted of God today with all your sinfulness as you will be when you stand before his throne, free from all corruption. Oh, I beg you, lay hold on this precious thought, perfection in Christ, for you are complete in him. With your Savior's garment on, you are holy as the Holy One. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. Christian, let your heart rejoice, for you are in the one he loved. What do you have to fear? Let your face always wear a smile. Live near your master. Live in the suburbs of the celestial city. For soon, when your time has come, you shall rise up where your Jesus sits and reign at his right hand. And all this because God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. British actor who now lives in Vancouver, British Columbia, Ted Staunton, again reading for us from Morning and Evening, the devotional by Charles Spurgeon. And that's reading from April 4th on one of the greatest verses in all of the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He became sin for us, so that in him we might become righteous. And in this we can have joy that surpasses knowledge, peace that surpasses understanding, joy in the face of our Savior who died for us. It's to him that we turn. Sadness lasts for now, and it may seem unbearable, but in Christ Jesus That day is coming when we will see our pain melt away like ice as the warm embrace of our Savior welcomes us home. What will it be like when my pain is gone And all the worries of this world just fade away What will it be like when you call my name that moment when I see you face to face I'm waiting my whole life to hear you say Well done, well done My good and faithful one Welcome to the place where you
tears are washed away And every broken thing will finally be made whole What will it be like when I come into your glory Standing in the presence of a love so Well done. The title of that song here on this Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, A New Year with Spurgeon. Wasn't it encouraging to hear that selection from morning and evening? Charles Spurgeon wrote this devotional nearly 150 years ago, but these thoughts still speak to us today about God's grace and God's love for his people. Every meditation is based on a single verse of Scripture, one for the morning and one for the evening, and I know each one will inspire and encourage you to rely on God's Word every day of this new year. And one other thing, the volume we have for you is a gold-stamped binding with easy-to-read typesetting 
and the language has been gently adapted using the words of Spurgeon for readers in the 21st century. And here at the beginning of 2023, this is the perfect time to take up the challenge to focus and learn more from God's Word. Why don't you call us right now? And for your gift of any amount, we'll send you a copy of Morning and Evening. You just need to call us at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online to our website and make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And in a few weeks, we're going to do a series that I think we really need, a series on Jesus and money. And I'd love to hear how the Lord is leading you to be a good steward with your finances in the midst of all the financial troubles we're in right now. Call 800-65-HAVEN and let the person know who answers that you'd like to record a short testimony for us to possibly use on the air. And just as we go, there's an owl in my kitchen and it's staring at me with its piercing eyes. And it's not because my dog isn't doing her job keeping wild animals out of the house. This owl is on the Haven 2023 calendar called All Living Things. And it features incredible pictures like the snowy owl featured in January. Plus, the monthly scripture is so encouraging. And if you still need a calendar this year, then ask about it when you call or read more about it when you visit haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time? When again, we'll be sharing together this great story, the story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It isn't really a secret or a surprise that the Lord calls His people to live holy lives. After all, He's holy, and as the Holy One, He calls us to be holy. But our source for holy living must come as a shock. What must I do to inherit eternal life? The rich young ruler asked in Luke 18. Two options. Obey the 613 commandments perfectly or renounce your self-sufficiency and follow me. He went away weeping because he couldn't just follow the second option. In Jesus' world, the way of holiness is the way of surrender. And he should know, right? Out of love, he surrendered his own life not for himself, but to make us holy. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.